Listen up, Fins fans. You are now tuned in to All in All Fins, the Ultimate Fans Perspective Podcast, brought to you by your host, Nick Emperado. You know what it is, man. All right, so joining right. me on the podcast today, um, we got Brian Byrne and Jimmy Kearns. It's Kearns, right? Yeah, no, you said it right. You okay. nailed it. Yeah, so um, the Finn's, Finn Addicts Network on Twitter, and it's um, Finn underscore Addicts. Um, I'll let you guys just take away take it away for a minute and just tell everybody what you guys are working on and starting on Twitter. And um, I know you got YouTube, a YouTube channel coming in and stuff like that. So, uh, Brian, I'll let you take it away and just tell everybody what you guys are working on. Hey, dude. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Nick, for, for having us. Uh, yeah, we were just starting – um, the Fanatics Network. It's just basically just a, a place for to hopefully unite a lot of a lot of Dolphin fans. We uh, we started a podcast called The Sure Thing, where we dive into um, some sports gambling. Our first episode's coming out on Monday. We've dived in, dove into the AFC East. Uh, you know, we have the YouTube channel. Um, we moved over the dad joke of the day to there. Uh, you, we're we're gonna have just the fanatics podcast for you know Miami Dolphin related. Um, I'm just really hoping to get like a lot of different Dolphin fans from all over the country to join us and and collaborate. We're also you know starting a, a fantasy league network um, where the winner's gonna get uh, tickets to the to next year's the grand winner will get tickets to the next year's uh, MetLife Takeover in New York. So just a fun place to you know come together and, and talk fins. Yeah, I know. I know. I'm excited because uh, um, I could I could get all the help I, you know, can get for um, for betting and stuff like that. But um, going back to the MetLife Takeover, you guys both planning on going to MetLife Takeover? Have you gone before? Uh, yeah, I've been. The, oh, go ahead, Jimmy. Sorry. No, 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 no. You're good. <laughs> no, we're we're all right, man. I, I'm like Brian too. I'll just talk over everybody. You can't stop me from talking, man. Um. No, but yeah, thanks for having me, Nick. Uh, no, I, I've never been, so I probably should have let him talk first. Um, but I'm excited. I'd love to get out there. He, he invited me, what, last year, Brian, you went? Uh, two years ago. Two years ago. Yeah, so he, he invited me last year. Um, who knows what the fan situation is going to be this year. Um, but yeah, if we're, if we're buying tickets to give away to a, an overall winner of these uh, hopefully multiple leagues um then hell yeah i'm gonna be going right along with whoever uh whoever we send right brian i mean obviously yeah absolutely we're jimmy and i are definitely going this year and then uh if there's as long as there's fans i went um the only year i didn't go the past few years is last year i had a baby like the week before so i ended up giving away my tickets but it's such a such an amazing time to go down there you sit with over a thousand dolphin fans it's literally like you know, you feel like you're in Miami. You get that, like, same excitement and, uh, you know, just ability to just be an all-out Fins fan without have to worry about Jets fans jumping on you. So it's a great time, and um, it's also for a great cause. So uh, I, as long as I don't have a baby again, I won't miss it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I went down last year, but I didn't go for the takeover necessarily. Like, so my, my buddy hit me up, and we, we bought tickets last second, and we got lower bowl tickets, but... Um, when we got there, we ended up just like walking over to the parking lot where everybody was partying and stuff like that. And, um, you know, so we got to hang out over there, but we didn't sit with them. 
Oh, up in that. Yeah, you have to. Section. You have to sit with them. It's a completely, it's a completely different game. It's like being at Hard Rock Stadium. Um, but yeah, the parking lot is so fun too. Like usually, Solo D will be rapping, uh, and then they usually shoot the Joe Rose show from the tailgate. They have a crazy spread of food and booze and other drinks, and yeah, it's just amazing. Yeah, it's cool. What? Oh, go ahead. How were the how were the Jets fans to you guys? Because the only only I've been to a preseason game in Tampa uh, that the Dolphins weren't even involved with, but the only football stadium I've been to other than that is is Ralph Wilson or the Lid now, whatever it is, New Era. And I, you know, the Bills fans, man, like I cannot stand going to that stadium. Like I sometimes I won't even wear colors just because of how brutal they are and how annoying they can get. Were were they good to you guys down there? Yeah, so I was I was mentioning a uh, uh, different time we were talking, but um, between the the Ralph, I uh, I always forget that it's New Era too. Um, I've been I went to the Steelers playoff game, so the Dolphins Steelers playoff game, and then I went to MetLife last year, and I swear you wouldn't even have known that there was fans down there. They didn't even they weren't even standing up, they weren't cheering in in. Don't get me wrong; it was a like a kickoff, a field goal game, but um, they did not. They did not talk to us. They did not like start any fights. It was actually kind of boring. I, I kind of liked like the, you know, like the excitement at Buffalo when you go and there's just a bunch of drunk fans and they all you know want to talk crap. But these these people that we sat near, at least they didn't have anything to say. No, I. I do like the hostility in Buffalo. It makes the game, you know, fun. But I like that now as, like, a 33-year-old. The first time I went, I was, like, 15, and I got, like, cornered in the bathroom and screamed at um, Mm. by Bill's fans. Like, I got my pants, like, halfway down trying to go to the bathroom, and these guys, like, corner me and start screaming in my face. Um, And I think Patrick Sertan picked a ball off in overtime and ran it back to the house for Miami to win. And... uh, so it was a great ending, um, but yeah, it, it, it's it's rough there. It's rough. How, it's how cool in the it, in the MetLife takeover. It's cool because you're you're with a thousand people, so it's like your your section is right next to like a jet section. So you kind of get like the back and forth of like the whole section screaming at each other. Um, but I mean, they pretty much leave you alone because there's a thousand of you. Like you pretty like in the tailgate and then in the stadium, you're all together. So it's like. It's not like being the one guy in a section of all Jets fans, so it, yeah. it's pretty chill. And being so close to the field, like we, because the the tickets were pretty cheap. I mean, both teams sucked, um, <laughs> so we got down pretty close to the field. And and you guys were like pretty loud, you know what I mean? Like you could definitely hear. Oh well, I know you weren't there last year, but um, but like that section, you could hear um, the cheering fairly well. So. That's pretty cool. But um, I was talking to, like, Cam Wolf and Safa Dean and Omar Kelly about just, like, like what it's like for, you know, Dolphins fans other places than, you know, New York and Buffalo or New Jersey and Buffalo. And they said that th- this is, like, probably – Miami's probably one of the best traveling teams there is, um, which is pretty cool because Cam Wolf used to cover the Titans, and he said that it's not even close. Yeah. Which is cool. For – First off, that I, I I like that that was a smooth like humble brag you dropped in there like oh I was talking to Omar Kelly. like I, 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 well, I like that I'm not bragging about talking to Omar that's for sure he he's annoying as hell 
Uh, uh, I, I mean, I can't say I've talked to the guy, but some of his uh, antics on Twitter. Twitter, that's are, what I mean. That's yeah. what I mean. Yeah. Like he wasn't—he was cool yeah. to talk to in person, but his son, like he—he just—he just goes too too off topic on Twitter. It's just kind of annoying. So um, apparently, last year at the at the MetLife takeover, again, I wasn't there, but it was fun on Twitter. Some random fan in a golf cart ran over Omar Kelly. Yeah, oh. no, he did. I was right next to. Him. I was literally two inches from him when the dude just blasted into him with a with a golf cart. I was like four. He he, and he like left a tire mark all the way up Omar's calf. <laughs> Uh, yeah, uh, it was probably a Dolphins fan. It probably wasn't even a Jet fan. <laughs> no, I think it was. I think it was somebody that worked for the like the the stadium. Yeah. No, but I was just like I, we were just like taking pictures with people because Nat Moore was out taking pictures, so we got pictures with him this right after the Joe Rose show ended. Um, yeah. And then we saw Omar and Safed, and and they were talking like you you wouldn't even expect that they you know they're not like famous or anything but they have a decent following and then um cam wolf was he was the coolest out of all of them he he was he was down to just talk and nobody really recognized him compared to omar um so like he was we talked to him for like 15 minutes and then we just walked away but he was he was really cool yeah i think he was new on the beat last year at that but i think i agree with him i've been to so or two years ago, I went to the Monday night game in Carolina, and I think probably more south than up here, but there was an unbelievable Dolphin following there. I went to, like, um, like I got on Facebook, uh, you know, just like the day before and found a group of, like, Carolina Dolphin fans, and they had, like, this big takeover at the at a bar, and we were surrounded by all Dolphin fans. There was a good turnout. There, I'm interested to see the – there used to be a good turnout in New England, but – with them getting so good, like so, I'm talking like back in the '90s when Marino was there. There was a lot of, a lot of Dolphin fans, but like the past few times I went, um, you know, with them having so many Super Bowls, it's not as many. You still see a lot, but not as many. But it's interesting to see the next couple of years how how that changes. And obviously the the um, the MetLife takeover. There's over a thousand Dolphin fans. I went to a game in San Diego before they left when I was down in, out in California, and there was a really good Dolphin faction there too. Um, I lived in Wilmington, North Carolina, so it was like three hours from Charlotte. So when and when they went to play that game, um, I was supposed to go, but my daughter's birthday is like two days before there, before that. So we went up to New York. Uh, but so I know exactly what you're talking about as far as that group on Facebook goes. Um, but going back to your question, Jimmy, uh, Pittsburgh sucked because it was a playoff game and it was like negative seventy. Um, so when I went, I went into the bathroom and these dudes were like, like I was the only Dolphins fans, Dolphins fan in there. And they, um, you know, they, before I got to a urinal, they were like shoving me around the bathroom and stuff <laughs> like that. Dude, this sucked. I, I only, I've heard, uh, the parks or the stadium's nice. Like PNC park where the pirates play is really nice. Um, and I got a buddy that grew up in the Berg and, uh, he always he, he told me that they're pretty uh i mean a playoff game you know i'm sure they're you know and it's it's a little rowdy everywhere but the only reason i asked i i heard they're pretty uh pretty welcoming is what i heard um but yeah playoff game in the cold you're, you're the only one in there i could see that being different you know yeah and they were all like oh you flew to from miami for this i'm like dude just because i'm a dolphins fan doesn't mean i'm from miami i wish i was from miami but 
Yeah, yeah, you ain't lying. I'm, I'm looking to move. I'd love to move down there. Yeah, yeah, me too. Um, but I was just thinking about what you said with the uh, pick six with Pat Sertain. Um, that reminds me of like I think it was sixteen on um, Christmas Eve when when Jai went off for two hundred yards and that um, like Andrew Franks drilled a like fifty three yarder as time expired in the fourth quarter. Um, that was like probably my best experience as a Dolphins fan in person. Um, because, oh, you were at that game? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was really cool because the tickets were, again, super cheap because uh, Buffalo wasn't, like, a playoff team at that point. So we were only, like, two rows behind the um, – so close to the end of the year at um, New Era, they block off, like, the first, like, five rows, I think. So we were, like, right behind where they block off. And um, – and Dominican Sue and, and Jordan Phillips at the time, like, turned around and, and started hyping us up because we had that many people in the section right behind the um, Dolphins bench. It was really cool. I, I don't know why I spaced. I was trying to think of what you were talking about and, like, picture, like, putting – I was still thinking Pittsburgh for some reason. I, I was at that game, Christmas Eve at the Ralph in 16. Yeah. Um, I was at that game as well. Probably my greatest uh, memory of that game um, – so I don't drink, do dry, anything like that. I'm sober. Um, I wasn't at the time. Uh, um, unfortunately, a gentleman in a Miami Dolphins uh, unif- uh, jersey uh, had an accident during the game or whatever, and uh, I had the same jersey on. My mom thought it was me, and she found out it wasn't, and she was very happy. Um, unfortunately, yeah, something happened to somebody out there that night, um, and I, I was out of control. I really don't even remember much of it. Um, I stayed out in Buffalo that night with a friend of mine. That that was a wild game, a wild night. I mean, it was like freezing cold, right? It was brutal cold. Yeah. Oh yeah. It, it was snowing, cold. right? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. We always get we always get stuck. Like I've seen um, the Dolphins Bills game in Buffalo for like six or seven years straight, and only two times. It's one time it was in September week two after we came off that win against. The Patriots, where No Sean Marino went off, and then uh, last year it was in October, uh, but most of the time it's December and then January this year, so it sucks going there that that cold. It's nice stuff. I think they usually when they do that, they always give the Bills game in Miami really early. So like this year, we finished there in January, but we also get them in like September at the Hard Rock, where it's a hundred degrees and no one's prepared for that. So they yeah, did that, my, dude, that season we played them. I think like week seven, and then we had them in week sixteen in Buffalo. My my birthday's in December, and I, I so you know when I was a kid, sometimes that would be one of my gifts was to you know go to the Dolphins game. And it, yeah, it seems like every year it, uh, it's a cold weather game. We don't ever play in Buffalo in like September. Yeah, I I don't know if there's like anything to that schedule wise, or if it's just coincidence or what. But where it's always December. Uh, or later. Yeah, I think yeah, week I think seven. To, I think the last couple of weeks of the season, they always try to pit division rivals against each other. No, for so. sure, I for sure. But I, I like I get that aspect. But I feel that, that started like within the past few years, especially like the final week always being. You know what I mean? Like the yeah. some most of the time, the first week, and I think even now is a divisional game, isn't it? Most of the time. Now, this year it is for sure. Yeah. So I, I I don't know. It's weird. We always kind of get 
handcuffed with the the 10 degree weather in Buffalo when we got when they got to go. I wonder what is more of an advantage because of all the guys that end up training in Florida during the off season. Do you think it's more of an advantage for like Miami when it's hot out or going like Buffalo when it's really cold out? I think it I think uh, more advantage to be in, in the heat. You can't like at the end of the season everybody's playing in the snow and the cold. You just it I don't think it gives any it gives the same kind of disadvantages to both teams but you can't prepare to be to be that hot to to manage your hydration and things like that where like you're just cold in the in the end of the year and you have to run the ball more and it it might be wet so you might have a little bit experience of holding onto a wet football but i don't think it it comes close to like having to know about hydration and i love it since the roof came in how we are our sidelines always covered for the second half and the other team is just baking in the sun and they're all like out there lifting like uh tents over the players and stuff like that it's a good old orange bowl yeah yeah no it's 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 a lot easier to warm up than it is to cool down especially when you're talking like the crazy high heat and humidity you know those guys are out there running some of the guys say they don't even feel it you know the guys that go sleeveless um they'll tell you they don't they don't even get cold it's whatever um so i would imagine you know it's it's a lot more difficult to play in that heat when it comes to hydration and uh just wearing down i i would say that's it's a pretty big advantage i would imagine and they had to have planned i swear that how the sideline worked out i know teams do stuff like that oh absolutely yeah i know it's like a thing in uh baseball too where like the shadows are going to be in the suns like they make sure you know, obviously it's not an advantage for one team, but they make sure the shadows aren't too bad most of the year for pitchers and stuff like that. So I, I would guarantee that they, they looked into that and did it. That That's a huge advantage, you know? Oh, definitely. Definitely. Can't, can't get any shade the whole game. I'll never, the Marie, the Sean Marino game that you brought up, Nick, where he just pounded the Patriots. I mean, you could tell in the second half, that's why we won that game was – was the heat and him just pounding people. They just, the whole Patriots defense is completely locked up. They had nothing left in the fourth quarter. Oh, I mean, I, that's such a disappointing memory for me, though, because I remember talking to a bunch of Dolphins fans at, like, a tailgate before the game week two, and I remember vividly saying, like, oh, yeah, they could they could go 12-4 and four this year, you know, coming off the Patriots win, and then they get, they get basically blown out. I mean, um... <laughs> I remember, like, Mike Wallace had a pretty cool one-headed toe-tapping touchdown. But other than that, it really wasn't a close game. And then, you know, I don't even remember what their what their uh, record was that year. But that was, that was like, six years ago now, I think, or even more. Um, but still, like, that's a pretty disappointing memory for me. I thought they were going to go places, like, at least be a little better um, yeah, than that. That was a rough year. The, the Green Bay game, too, we were very competitive and – just blew that at the end. I think we just lost a game like that to the Lions as well that year. Yeah. But you had to have no Marino go for, was it 200? Did he hit 200? Um, I don't know <clears> if it was that much, but it was pretty close, was, I think. And then, But then he just breaks his collarbone out for the year. We're like, we have a running back. Oh, no, we don't. It's over. Um, that's like uh, not an injury thing, but um, this year in Buffalo, first play from scrimmage and um, – 
Christian Wilkins gets kicked out of the game for throwing a punch. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was rough. I'm trying to find what he went for that game, but um, so Jimmy, I I haven't got a chance to talk to you yet. Uh, tell me how you're feeling so far. Like coming, like probably what are we like a month and a half away from training camp? Um, I'm sorry, you cut out a little bit at the beginning. I missed like the first part. Uh, oh. I'm sorry. No, it's all right. I was just, I'm just like trying to, I haven't got a chance to talk to you about it. Um, like how you're feeling about the, the direction of the Dolphins right now, um, being that we're like a month and a half from training camp. So I, I'm very happy. I love it. I'm very excited. I mean, I'm excited every year, but like, you know, I, I told Brian, like when we first met and I, I tell everybody, especially living near Buffalo, like I'm an unbiased, like sports fan. Like, and it's, it's crazy. You see the uh, difference with Buffalo fans. Like, every year is their year. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. um, they're starting Peterman, and they're like, oh, yeah, this is the year. Like, we're getting the division. Like, there's no shot you're winning the division. Um, but So I like to be unbiased. Um, but I'm always excited for football. I'm always excited for Dolphins football. Um, but more so this year, I, lo- I love the direction they're going. Uh, Flores kind of completely changing. Um, the attitude of the team, the work ethic, uh, just everything about it. It's it's a lot of hardworking guys, professional players. Um, they went big on the O-line, big on the D-line. Uh, they have a game plan, and they stuck to it. Um, so this is good. This is a, maybe this isn't that strange in today's age of technology and people move everywhere. Um, I'm a Celtics fan also when it comes to the NBA. And I've always had a, like a saying and like, I just trust in Danny Ainge. Like <clears throat> I trust that guy because he's made so many right moves in the past. Um, so right now, like I'm just trusting Greer and Flores um, because they haven't done us wrong, you know, recently or yet. Flores hasn't done us wrong at all. Um, so I really like the direction of the team uh, and where it's going, uh, you know, on, on one of our, uh, segments last week we were talking about favorite offseason pickups and i think the additions have been great especially on the defensive side of the ball um vanoy can do it all he's a tough dude versatile um love the jordan howard signing i had to look into it more i, I was like eh, hoeing and humming at first and brian told me to kind of dive into it a bit more i didn't know that dude's been one of the top running backs in the league over like the past four years you know you never really hear about it but when you look at the numbers um he's more than a top 10 running back uh so yeah i i'm really i'm really liking the direction the the only trouble with this year that i see is the road schedule and travel is brutal um i don't have the schedule pulled up with me right here now um but off the top of my head i know they got to go to san fran they got to go to denver they got to go to Vegas. They got to uh, go to Arizona. Um, so that's a lot of trips, you know. So I hope they get off to a good start because near the end of the year, that travel is going to start weighing on them. Um, and from, you know, uh, what it's looking like for me, like I think nine and seven uh, is very reachable. And uh, I think that can get that seventh wild card spot for sure. So, I you know I wouldn't be surprised. I but in my mind again, being unbiased, the divisions New England, New England's until they lose it. Uh, so you know I'm not going to sit here and just t- completely write them off until uh, I see a couple weeks. You know uh, I feel like Bel- Belichick's got something up his sleeve. Um, you know we don't know what could happen. You could get into week 
four or five, they're struggling. Boom, they sign Cam Newton, uh, you know, who I'm not a huge fan of on the football field. I, I think the injuries are caught up to him, but you never know with New England and who they pick up and what they can do with them. But overall, uh, very excited, very excited about Tua. Um, I hope he gets, you know, some run this year. Uh, but I think either way, we're, we're building in the right direction, especially with that defense. The defense is going to be ahead of the offense a little bit, especially with the weird offseason. Uh, but the future is looking bright, man. It, it really is. And I wouldn't put it past uh, Bill Belichick to kind of toss in some kind of wrinkle or something weird that, you know, I don't want to compare it to like uh, the Wildcat when it first came out. Uh, but, you know, I would not be surprised if he comes up with something like, you know, just something a little different to, you know, sneak a couple wins out of out of that schedule. Because, you know, we really don't know what we're going to get with Jared Stidham. Um, but, you know, like going back to what you said, it's uh, or yeah, I think you said it. Um, the It's their it's the Bills year every year, you know, because my, my brother is a diehard Bills fan and um you know, so it's it's always interesting arguing with him about it. But um, I never understand. It's Buffalo is like probably one of the worst when it comes to that. Like Buffalo fans, it is their year every year that they're gonna take down the Patriots. Um, I really don't. I really don't understand that. But uh, I guess it's cool to you know be excited about your team, even though half the time they're it, just like a middle of the road team. It is, but I think it's one of those. What is it? Uh, where you? Uh you start relating to your captive, not Munchausen, but whatever that is, uh, you know, I, I think that they've been just so morally um, beaten up by this team that they or morale has been beaten up by this team um, that they just buy into it every year. They're kind of, it, it's weird. It's weird though. It's, it's called it's, Stockholm syndrome. Stockholm <laughs> syndrome. That's what I, that's what I'm looking for. The Bills has got Stockholm syndrome when it comes to Buffalo. I have to bring it back to New England. So I am of the opposite of you guys. I th- and this is going to be a hot take, but I think that Bill Belichick's ego finally caught up with him, and by letting Brady go, um, by letting you know a few other key players on the defense go, his attitude of like players don't matter. Um, you know, mm-hmm. it's all in the system, and we don't have to keep guys, and we don't have to pay guys. I think that worked with Tom Brady. You know, I think Tom Brady was was the reason that was so effective. He could, you know, he could cover up a lot of warts on a O line. He could cover up a lot of warts on a wide receiver group. But um, and, and with the threat of Brady, you know, help always help the running backs. I think this is the year where his ego is just finally got the mm-hmm. best of him. And uh, I don't see it. I don't. See, you know, they're still a favorite to win the East. They're still a favorite to make the playoffs. I just don't – I don't know how a Jared Stidham-led team, you know, second-year, fourth-round quarterback who's won – one of his two completions in the NFL was for a pick six. I don't see how anyone thinks that guy's bringing this team to the playoffs. And the, the, it's not like, you know, and when, when Brady took over for Bledsoe, um, everyone in camp knew this kid was amazing. But, like, they knew that that – Bledsoe was the incumbent and he really couldn't challenge him, but they were all like, wow, you got to watch Brady. So when like that happened, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't a surprise to the people in New England, but the people in New England are not saying that about Jared Stidham. You know, many people think that Brian Hoyer is the lead for this job as, as of now. So like he's not getting amazing reviews from his teammates that he's really ready to take over. 
Um, so I think it's going to be a long year for them. I I was really happy they didn't go out and get Dalton. Like, I was worried about that. Like, I, I'm a firm believer that if Dalton gets some playing time with this this year with Dallas, they're going to be a better team. Like, you want to talk about doing a lot with Little. D- Dalton was put on some horrible teams, and they always competed. Um, so I, I was, I was a, you know, I breath, breathed a sigh of relief uh, when they didn't go out and get Dalton. I, I don't know why they didn't. I, they, obviously, they have some sort of plan in place. Obviously, there's something going on. If they were tanking or, you know, not worried about winning to possibly get uh, Lawrence or Justin Fields um, or whomever, uh, you know, they wouldn't make it super obvious like like we did in Miami because uh, I don't think their fans are kind of ready for that yet. Uh, but, it, I, yeah, it's the players that do it. Brady did it, did a ton with a little. I mean, look at the year that he had Moss. He has record-breaking years, the, the insanity of that offense. And then they never get him a guy, you know, it's, you don't find guys like Randy Moss growing on trees. That dude was a freak at, like, 16, the stuff, he, you know, the catches he was making. But they, they don't even get anything close to that to get the poor guy. Like, I felt bad for him at points, especially last year. Um, but when it comes to defense and scheme and stuff like that, Belichick is, like, a literal genius. Like, I've heard enough people that have forgotten more about football than I'll ever know uh, say that. So I, I believe that. I trust that. And I, I do think they could come up with some kind of wrinkle. If it would be more – do they have a type of guy? I know Edelman used to play some quarterback, but do they have a type of guy like Taysom Hill, like a gadget guy on the roster that you could see some weirdness come out of them? I don't – I honestly don't – I don't know. I mean, I, I think um, um, I, I think the end of the road for Edelman is probably coming as well. Um but, Agreed. But I think like uh, a guy like Sony Michelle be behind that pretty good O line is going to have a big year this year, and and they're probably just going to try to uh, run the ball down people's throats. But if they were to go get a Cam Newton, you know that would that would make a lot more sense. But I think you're, I think um, the fact that they he failed to put a team around Tom Brady, even like for years, um, recently, even though Tom Brady is the kind of guy that took a took a pay cut to have a better team around him um it really did catch up with them and and i would i would definitely put money that they do not win the division this year um but i just brian i want to kind of end it on um going back to jordan howard because i am like for whatever reason i'm not sure why i am like so excited that they got jordan howard um melvin gordon would have been nice you know what i mean i do like melvin gordon but but Jordan Howard is the third leading rusher since he's came into the into the NFL in 2015 or whatever. And if it wasn't for the fact that he's rocking 34, I probably would buy his jersey because I really like Jordan <laughs> Howard. But I can't do that to my man Ricky. Um, <laughs> but tell me what you think, um, Howard versus Breida. Like, how, who who's going to be the 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 featured back and uh, who's going to have a bigger year? You think? Yeah, I've been talking about this a lot, and it's weird. Like, the Dolphins fan, I ran a poll, and they think that Burita will have like more carries and more yards, mm. and it, it just it doesn't make. I love Burita. I think he's going to be a great change of pace back. I think he's going to be really good for 150 touches. But if you look at the stats, you know, um, Howard is a 250 a year, 
you know, rushing attempt guy. Breida's never been that. Um, Breida's also in limited roles with San Francisco has struggled staying on the field. Um, he's missed just as many games as Jordan Howard. I think one, I think Jordan Howard's missed seven in his career and Breida's missed six in the same amount or one year, one year less. So, um, you know, it, it doesn't six doesn't sound like a lot, but he, this is not a 20, 20 attempt kind of guy. Um, I, you know, it, the other huge thing is, you know, Chan Gailey's offense is always centered around a big, powerful running back that doesn't get cute and run straight ahead. Um, you know, like you said, it, Howard is not an injury prone guy. He's only had one injury in his career it was last year with a collarbone, I think. So it's not even something that, that will happen again, you know, like that's more risk for getting injured. Um, kind of just a freak thing. So with, but with Shane Gailey, you know, I just see, I see him being the lead guy. I see him having the, the history of being the lead guy and succeeding. You know, you said he was a third in the NFL in rushing the past four seasons. He's also six in the NFL in rushing touchdowns over the past uh, four seasons. So I think he's definitely the guy, you know, and how they went out and got him. They made him a priority. He was one of the first signings. They signed him a $10 million contract. Uh, Brita, they picked up on draft day when they didn't get anybody in the first four rounds. They threw a fifth round to San Francisco. He's on a one-year deal. I think I, I'm going to love Brita, and I can't wait to watch him. But it's if you really look at the stats, it's obvious this is Jordan Howard's backfield to lose. I, I, uh, Nick, sorry if I say something. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Go ahead. Thank you. Uh, I think that poll, because I know I, I played into that a little bit when we first talked about Jordan Howard, Brian and I. I think that pulls a lot of recency bias and then maybe even some people that are like just strictly diehard Miami fans. They don't see a ton of other stuff, uh, which obviously there's nothing wrong with that. I st- Starting now, I need to dive way more into Miami, especially with what we're trying to do with the Fanatics Network. Um, I'm an all over the NFL kind of guy. I, I love it. I read every team. Um, but anyways, I-, I think there's a lot of recency bias to that. And then, you know, people just not looking into the stats. You know, you just saw Breda on a team that made a Super Bowl run uh, for a few games of the year. He was the guy. He had some great games. Um, and Jordan Howard was injured last year for a few games. So I think that's exactly what you're getting is, is you know, people just don't know yet. They've seen Breda. They didn't see Howard last year. So they're kind of uh, just kind of sleeping on him a bit. And I, I'm convinced Brian led me, you know, he showed me the light on the Jordan Howard thing because, man, I – he had to talk me off the ledge draft night, uh, first round and second round, because we, you know, we didn't go get Swift. We didn't go get uh, how Edward Solaire. Uh, you know, we didn't go. We had a shot at Dobbins. We didn't move up a little bit to go get him. And uh, I, I think this was great. I think these two, Howard getting the bulk of the touches, Breda coming to spell him. I, I think it's going to be great. Um, I'm excited for it. And yeah, one I. You know, Brian mentioned him being um, a top five back, uh, or maybe it was top six. I apologize. I know one of the stats I saw was uh, he's only one of like five running backs in the past four years to have six plus touchdowns uh, every season. So, you know, the dude finds the end zone. I'm I'm excited to see it. it. It was it's by far it was my favorite pickup. You know, other than Tua, but talking free agency, it was by far my favorite pickup. Oh, yeah, man, I'm I, super excited. And uh, sorry, Brian, um, just one thought before I forget it. Um, think about in Chicago, they had um, Tariq Cohen to come in and be a change of pace, and now you got Brita to come in. And I know that one I, – I can't remember who it was, but I saw somebody on Twitter mentioning 
um, like how how fast Brita is, and and so he even referenced his 95 speed on Madden. So I think that a lot of people do get caught up in stuff like that, just like he's oh, like a scat back really fast. But um, yeah, like you said, in Chan Gailey's offense, um, like jam the ball down someone's face, and you know that's gonna set up the uh, play action and the RPO. So I, I'm excited. But go ahead. Brian, am I making stuff up, or did you tell me that Breda had the uh, fastest stat track or whatever for yeah. uh, Rush last year? Yeah, last season. Um, I forget, now I don't remember the game, but he had like a 70-yard touchdown run, and it was yeah. the fastest clock clocked run of the season. It was like 24 miles per hour. That's crazy. So, That's yeah, fast. he's definitely fast. And I think Breda. I mean, I think Breda is more complete than what I just gave him credit for. I think he can, you know, he can take 10 to 20 carries a game. He's a great receiver. Um, I, I think it's going to be a great combination. I know Ryan Fitzpatrick has to be really, really happy about it. Uh, so, yeah, I think it's the pairing is going to be great. And, I, you know, like I don't – it's going to create serious problems for defenses because you, they are completely different runners. So, um, you know, if we can get them both on the field at the same time, that would be, that'd be fun as well. But, I mean, like, if you look at how the defense or, like, how they um, adjusted the defense last year as far as, like, a personnel and, and how they did it based on their opponent, imagine if they go into this season and do something similar to that, like, just specifically for with the running backs. Maybe um, they go more of a, like, a outside outside zone, um, you know, like, a more more – like spacing for burrito one game and he gets 15 carries um and then a different game they know you know they're lacking on the inside and they they take howard and, you know they go with a hot hand kind of guy or who matches up the best so i could see a lot of that happening this year too yeah i mean you look at Hemi flores wasn't on the offensive side of the ball but he he was involved in almost everything in new england in his time and that's something new england you know they do better than anybody if it's sony michelle one week then it was Deion Lewis the next week, you know, like uh, just changing up their complete <clears throat> to, to keep the defenses guessing. So keep changing up that game plan, having the ability of different, you know, backs that perform really well at things. We could, I mean, we could do the same thing with wide receivers. You can make, you know, one week where it's just all size, where you have Gusecki, Williams, and Parker, all who stand six foot three or higher, you know, and then the next week we can make it a speed game with, Grant and Wilson, I think there's definitely going to be a lot of flexibility and, uh, you know, I, coming from New England as as Flores did, I, I wouldn't put it past him. Yeah, no, I, I'm excited. I, I really am. And, um, you know, I'd love to have you guys back on here and have another conversation sometime soon. Um, but um, if you guys just want to break down your, your Twitter handles and where people can find you one more time, um, Love to double down on that so people don't forget to follow you on Twitter and do all that. Yeah, absolutely. The YouTube channel, just search uh, Finn Addicts Network. Uh, we're we're uh, Finn underscore Addicts on Twitter. Mine is Brian Vernzi. Um, and uh, the, the podcast will be out um, for the sure thing on uh, Spotify on Monday morning. We're going to drop it and look for the Fantasy League. Jimmy, what's your Twitter Twitter handle? Jimmy Kearns fourteen, uh, K E A R N S. Jimmy Kearns fourteen. Uh, thanks for having us, Nick. Uh, this was great, man. I, you know, this is only my third time 
recording something, or, you know, being on a podcast, whatever, with two of ours, and, and I'm, I'm loving it, man. You, uh, you're, you're a great host. Thanks for having us. Yeah, no problem. Thank yeah, you. Nick. Thank you, thank you we're very gonna, much for having us. Nick. I, I need some hosting tips, man. So we're gonna have to uh, get out, get together after this uh, down the road, so you can help me out a little bit. Oh yeah, definitely. Any anytime. And, and guys, I got a sneak peek of the the podcast. I think dropping Monday. So and it, it was awesome. So make sure make sure you go check it out. Um, do not miss out on that. I will be um, retweeting it and and posting it as much as I can. So anybody that follows me will be able to see it. Thanks again, guys. Thanks, Thanks man. Thank you.